All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, February 20th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live on President's Day. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And there was one chief, uh, uh, you know, commander in chief at the box office this President's Day weekend. And it was not Marlo. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil that. Marlo was not in the box office, Oval Office this weekend. But Clayton, why don't you give us a President's Weekend plow and let us know who our commander-in-chief of the box office was. Okay, well, I'm going to do the three-day here, and okay. then we can talk a little bit about Ant-Man's supposed four-day. Okay. Which the final numbers are not in, but we're calling them. Yeah, we're calling it on this Monday morning. Number one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, made $104 million in its debut. Number two, Avatar, The Way of Water, made $6.1 million, down only 15%. It lost 390 theaters. It's at $657 million in its 10th weekend. Number three, Magic Mike's Last Dance made $5.5 million, down 33%. It added 1,538 theaters. It's at $18.1 million in its second weekend. Number four, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, made $5.2 million, down only 6%. It lost 215 theaters. It's at $166 million in its ninth weekend. Number five, Knock at the Cabin made $3.9 million, down 28%. It lost 1,000 theaters, and it is at 30.3 million dollars in its third weekend. That is your top five. All right, so Clayton, there's one movie that we got to talk about on this show. I think we got to devote most of our show to this one movie, and that movie is a new movie, and that movie is, of course, Marlowe. So let's get into it, Clayton. Did Marlowe do what you expected it to do this weekend? Let's get the Marlowe talk started. Well, I mean, Marlowe opened to number eight, $1.9 million in the weekend, higher than I expected. I thought this was Armageddon time, so I thought it'd be under a million. Mm -hmm. And in its run, because it opened on Wednesday, it's made 2.6. So if you put all that together, I mean, that's kind of where we are at with these sort of Liam Neeson movies. Right, right, right. A bit lower, but lower because... This is a period piece, which is always hard to sell based on books that I don't know, even the generation that's going to see Liam Neeson movies is familiar with. Right, right, right. And uh, I think this is a departure for him, weirdly, in a way that was not successful. Yeah, it seems like this was a lark. It seems like Liam Liam Neeson can do whatever the F he wants at Open Road. Open Road just has an open uh, pocketbook when it comes to Liam Neeson. And this is what Liam Neeson wanted to do. And his fan base came out in a bigger way than we would expect. It really shows that the Liam Neeson peeps will follow Liam Neeson almost anywhere. You Mm -hmm. know, this was was higher than I expected. So let's get, let's take some uh, phone calls now. We're talking Marlowe for this whole hour, of course. Mm -hmm. So we've got someone on the line. Wait, I'm hearing, actually, Clayton, I'm hearing uh, from uh, from some callers. They don't want to talk about Marlowe. Marlowe was not the most important box office story of today. I, I got it. I know what they want to talk about. Okay. So they want to talk about number 12, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Okay, let's get into it. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey open this weekend. The Winnie the Pooh IP is now... In the in public, the public domain. domain. Anyone can make Winnie the Pooh content. And some company, fathom, well, fathom, it was a Fathom event, but there is a company that went out and immediately, as soon as that copyright came out, made a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. How did that do with the box office, Clayton? We're talking Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, this week on the B.O. Boys. So this weekend, it made $679,000 in 434 theaters, mm-hmm. but it is standing at $1.5 So listen, 
This thing is a cheapy beyond cheapy. Yeah. yeah. It looks like trash. Yes. It is trash. Yes. Yes. And blatantly so. I don't think the makers of this film were attempting high art. This is not even Terrifier level of, I have a low budget, but I'm a master of my craft. Right, right. This is a cheapy sort of, you could see this as an asylum movie. You know, this would be a knockoff movie that you would find deep, deep at the bottom of a Walmart DVD bin. Right. And they were able to open this in theaters. Now, I will say, I looked to see if there was any showings here in New York, and I found one showing okay. of this film in New York. Not in a theater that any of us go to, if you get my drift. Oh, wow. Are we talking yeah. quad cinemas level? No, no, no. We're just talking uh, not, not, a, not, a, uh, not a theater we frequent. Not a theater we frequent. Okay, interesting. So, so in other words, this is not for the cultural uh, coastal elites. Okay. This movie is going to be playing in other areas, but listen, that's what you need to have a fully rounded box office. So I applaud these scammers. Yes. For making this uh, piece of crap and putting it out and getting a release. Yes. Yes. This, that is what this was. They, they, this was basically a movie that came about. Because of a flaw in the legal system. Well, not a flaw, but a quirk in the legal system that was exploited by businessmen, lawyers, and someone who I guess knew how to use a phone camera and, and edit on maybe, Final Cut Pro. Maybe knew how to use it. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, yes, I've seen promotion with Sierra for this movie, and it looks like a guy walking around his backyard in a mask from the Halloween shop. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what this movie looks like. But like you said, it has made somebody rich. You know, poo, blood, and honey is paying off someone's mortgage because or, they found this quirk in the copyright. Or paying off gamblers. Or, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it, it staved off the bookies for another few weeks. And definitely this these people behind this are going to uh, screw it up. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. no way they're going to pay just pay off this money they're gonna wanna come out ahead right right the the blood the poo blood and honey money they're taking that to atlantic city or a foreign equivalent of atlantic city you know not Mm -hmm. not not the a gambling town they're taking it to the b town or Um, they're putting it all on andrea riseborough for best actress yes yes so the, the that's you know this is an interesting box office story so let's go to the switchboard let's get some callers in callers were talking winnie the pooh blood and honey the big box office story of this weekend so let me get a call i've got someone from ozone park in here wants to talk okay. Pooh, blood and honey no wait actually that person hung up and everyone on the phone lines is saying they want to talk a different movie this weekend at the the weekend box office they don't want to talk Pooh, blood and honey they want to talk something else clayton Wow, I'm lost as to who what this could be. I mean, could okay. people want to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? I mean, let's give it a try. Let's see if that okay. lights up the switchboard. So let's just talk about the number one movie at the box office. It was Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It mm-hmm. made $104 million in the three-day weekend domestically. Estimates are it made 115 plus for the four day, but that one Oh four, three day Clayton on our weekend preview episode, we both went under 100 million domestic in our predictions. And let's give it up now for David Thompson of the direct. He writes for the direct. He's on the direct podcast. He was our guest. He predicted this. He said over 100 million domestic David, you're the expert for a reason. You know, your stuff. So congratulations. So Clayton, as this weekend was progressing, and it seemed like this movie, the first estimates were a hundred million on Saturday million, uh, Saturday morning. Then it went up to one hundred four by Sunday, and that's what we're calling now on this Monday morning one hundred four. What were your thoughts? Are you surprised to see this right now? I mean, no, because it was always going to be close. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing was never going to reach its initial tracking, which was one twenty. In the three day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was not never going to happen. It was just a matter of could it make 
95 or will it make 105? You know, like mm-hmm. it was in that weird area. I didn't think this thing was going to make like 60 or like 80. I knew it was probably going to make in the 90s, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was going to make 100. And you know what? Good for Ant-Man, good for theatrical. Yep. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but this is going to have a very short shelf life, like all the Marvel movies tend to have now, mm-hmm. in the sense that it's probably going to drop like a rock next weekend, because the exit scores are equivalent to Eternals, yeah. which is pretty bad, because mm-hmm. the Eternals was unwatchable, and this movie looks at least like there's a few things maybe to go see it for. It definitely looks like a movie that has issues, we'll say. Creative issues. This movie? Yes, yes. This oh, yeah. Ant-Man I mean, and Quantumania. Not, no, we're, we're off Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, Eternals also had issues. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this movie looked more along the lines of what is palatable for the Marvel fanboy. Yes, yes. You know? It, it's, uh, so- it, it's a movie that seems to be based around... Hey, there's this character that we're introducing that you've got to care about. So, you know, come yeah. to this for that. And and I want to speak really quickly to why I think this movie succeeded in its first weekend. Right. And so, let's look at these demos real fast mm-hmm. and then we'll get into what what my theory is. Mhm. So, 65% men. Right? 64 between 18 and 34. Mhm. Really diverse, which is great. 34% Caucasian, 31% Latina, Hispanic, 17% black, and 12% Asian. So uh, men over 25 was mm-hmm. the leading. So it was 39%. And then men under 25, 25%. Women over 25 was 20%. And women under 25 was 15%. Mm-hmm. So also those who came with either a kid or a parent repped 24% of the audience. Wow. So that's great. 18% came with a friend, 17% with two or more friends, and 11% with a date. So this doesn't feel like too much of a date movie. Now, all of this is to say, mm-hmm. young men... Uh, just one question. How many of that those people who 18% came with a friend, 11% came with a date... I feel like there was 18% of those who came with a friend. Some of that percent thought they were on a date, and the other person knew they were not on a date. We were on a friend. Sometimes those exit surveys can really shock one of the people in a, in a pair. Oh, and know? it's usually the, the, the female in the pair. Is the one who knows we're, we're coming as friends, and the other guy's like, uh, yes. I thought we were in the 11% that were on a date. She's like, no, we're in the 18% that are yeah. here as friends. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's the thing, mm-hmm. what I was about to say, but that's a great point that you bring up. Yeah. 64% or 65% guys, mm-hmm. men, young men especially, tend to be loyal to franchises and brands and even like musical bands mm. past the point of actually enjoying them. Yes. Right? Women are less loyal to pop culture because they will like something and then realize that it's not for them anymore and walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Men have a problem with that. It's hard for them to do that. So that's why this movie, even with an equivalent cinema score to The Eternals, a movie that is widely hated, they still came out and saw this film, Mm -hmm. right? And I know, listen, you put the, the scores are after, but people know what the movie is on Friday morning now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They know what they're getting into, mm-hmm. and they still went. Mm-hmm. They will be loyal to Marvel to the point of absurdity. So every time I go low on Marvel, I have to remember, these fans are loyal past the point of enjoying. Right. So they will go see anything. Now, not at the level, and that's why you're not getting, and you won't get, these big endgame numbers ever again because that was not just fanboys. That was everybody. That was a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. These movies are now just going to be a large group of, of, of fans, but they're going to be the, on the rabbit side because I really feel like Marvel no longer has anything for the casual fan. 
it's it's so I mean these movies have become so steeped in the mythology and and just you know with the multiverse storyline post endgame they have become so confusing to mm-hmm. the casual fan you know and, and now that you have to watch the TV shows to fully understand the movies it definitely be, has become an FTF situation obviously with Marvel the fan base is gigantic. So something mm-hmm. like Quantumania is opening to 104 domestic in a three-day. It's a gigantic, you know, F, but it is still FTF. These are very much for the fans. I mean, I would bet that if you would have looked at that percentage of how many people went there on a date for Endgame or for a Spider-Man film, it's a much higher than 11%. I think now, like you said... It's the fan base, the more heavily male fan base, and they're going there alone, whereas mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, they're getting dates and bigger groups to go see these Marvel movies with them. Yes. Now, let's just look a little bit here about why people came out. So in the Deadline article, must read every weekend, obviously, yes. Anthony D'Alessandro, D stands for Disney. 25% of the audience said they came out for Jonathan Major's Kang. Okay. Not Jonathan Majors. Right. So that's the distinction. Not for a budding possible movie star. Right. But because of a character that this person plays. Right. Right. While 54% said it's part of a franchise they love, Mm. which could mean Ant-Man, could mean Marvel in general, but 41% said it's because it's a Marvel movie. Right. Right. So 41% said it's my duty. I have to... Time to punch in. Yes, yes. Like, this has become the new sort of, uh, you know, factory work, where it's like, ah, I got to get my eyeballs on this Ant-Man. Punch in, punch out. Right, Got to right. make sure I stay for the stingers, or I don't get, you know, or, or people would be mad at me. Yeah, yeah I yeah, won't that, get clicks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of the, the holiday pay, mm-hmm. is staying for the stingers. And, and you feel it in the way that people talk about Marvel movies now. So, oh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I got it done. I got. It. Are you getting it done this weekend? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm off. Uh, I, I, I think I have Sunday afternoon. I'll be able to get it done on Sunday. I, I hear a lot of like, I'll get it done when you hear people talking about Marvel movies akin to, oh, I've got to get to that spreadsheet at work, or I've got to, you know, you know I've got to make those pat- widgets. I got. I'll get to those widgets later. I'll make them on Sunday. I got the perfect analogy here. Let's hear it. It's church. Mm. It's church. It's church. It's listen, not work. There are, church. Pe- there, there are people who are super into religion and good right. for them. Good. Who yes. are thoroughly engaged in the services of mass or church yeah. or the synagogue or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. The Thetans, whatever it is. It's all equally great. Yeah. Yeah. But. Most people, mm-hmm. most people I know, and that I have experienced this myself. Right, church is something that you do because you feel like you have to do it. You got to show your face. Right, you got to be able to talk at the pancake breakfast about what the sermon was about. Right, and that's what these Marvel movies are now. Right, you got to be there because people are expecting it, and you got to be able to talk about. Oh yeah, and then this like. Modoc showed up. You remember Modoc? Yeah, it was cool, I guess. Right. They look kind of stupid, but whatever. But like you have to be and, there. And are you talking about church or Marvel? You know, like honestly, I I, I could be swayed either way that Modoc is a character in the MCU or a character in the Old Testament. I mean, I haven't read every book of the Bible, so I don't know. Right. Right. Um, that is a good analogy. Listen, we're not I feel like we're coming off here negative on a movie that made 104 million. We're glad it made it. These mm-hmm. Marvel movies are a necessity for the the box office for the life of theatrical. We do need two to three of these per year, and we need them to continue working on some level. And Quantum Mania still worked. People went to church. They went to the Widget Factory this weekend. They did their duty. They saw Quantum Mania, even though. They didn't seem to like it. You know, a mm-hmm. B cinema score is basically like getting an F in real school. You know, yes. when, when when people come out of a Marvel movie and say that was just a B, 
they are disappointed. They mm -hmm. are disappointed not just because they thought they were there on a date and they were actually there with a friend. They are disappointed because they did not like the movie that much. So it is interesting that so much of the audience said they were coming out to see Kang, which is a character that has only appeared, obviously he was a comic book character, but only appeared in a Marvel show. I, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you which one. I think Loki. I think David it was Thompson Loki. said Loki. So that really shows how much for the fans this is because this character, Kang is not Joker, obviously. Kang is not you know, saying that the Penguin is going to be in a movie or even Thanos before Thanos. You know, someone that a general public may have heard of through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. You know, Kang is someone that unless you are a Marvel comic book super fan or a watcher of the shows, that means nothing to the guy working on a construction site, to the uh, to the woman working on a construction site, to the person working on a construction site. It, it, that character means nothing. So it shows that, A, this was for the fans, but I guess also it does show that, listen, Disney did a great job promoting this film. You know, well, they spent so, they spent much, so much money. So much money. And this is what you have to do. I mean, yeah. we were sitting here a week ago taking uh, 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 roasting uh, uh, Zaslav and Warner Brothers over the coals for not promoting Magic Mike. You want to make money, you got to spend money. And Disney spent money on ads. They spent a lot of money on television spots. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking. I saw was this it, everywhere. Was it? It seems like it, uh, I'm seeing that they spent uh, $23 million just on television spots. Let me find mm -hmm. that real quick. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm staring right at it. $23 million, which is around the same spend for Avatar The Way of Water. Wow. And more than No Way Home. Wow. But wow. slightly under Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Wow. And more than yeah. Doctor Strange. So Disney spent big money, yielded uh, $1.3 impressions across all of these TV networks. You know, and Disney, of course, owns ABC and ESPN and, and, and a lot of networks, so that helps. Uh, there was a synergy, a special look of Ant-Man 3 on the hit show Abbott Elementary. So there you go. Sitcoms are still able to have a role in society. Mm -hmm. Even in 2023, Abbott Elementary did a great job pushing Ant-Man 3 with a uh, synergistic special look. Uh, Disney Channel, that still exists, and they were able to push the co-lead of this movie, Catherine Newton, across their platforms. And this is interesting. Disney uh, had blitz days for Ant-Man 3 targeting women, uh, according to Deadline, says moms are the drivers of family picks such as these. And they did paid digital support on Bustle and TikTok, Hulu, Spotify, Pop Sugar takeovers, and then spots across Femme Heavy, and Femme Heavy is a technical business term in showbiz fem heavy yes. channels such as bravo e and mtv so clayton you're sitting there and you're watching your ridiculousness marathon you know mm -hmm. 74 straight hours of ridiculousness you know sandwiched around one episode of jersey shore reunion and you're getting non-stop at man three promos so MTV is still something that gets some human beings to leave their house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also then, are we going to go into the cross promo? You want to go into the promotional partnerships here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's do it. Let's do our... People love this segment when the B.O. boys talk about promotional partners for big movies. And my God... Did Ant-Man and Quantumania have some promotional partners? So Heineken, I mean, that's the big one. That's the one that we saw Super Bowl ads in which Ant-Man was drinking a non-alcoholic Heineken. Clayton, is, that, is this your favorite one? I mean, this is the big one, I think. There's a lot, but the Heineken non-alcoholic spot 
for Ant-Man was huge. Did you love this this spot, this promotional partnership? I mean, I uh, listen, the the thing about this spot which is interesting to me is that you have a superhero drinking non-alcoholic beer. Mhm. Which is interesting because nobody drinks non-alcoholic beer unless they used to drink a lot of real beer. Okay. Right? So it's an interesting, like, is this canon mm. that this guy had such a bad drinking problem that at this point he has to drink non-alcoholic beer in order to still try to get a little bit of the high he used to get right. when he would go out and tie one on right. and right. not be heard from for days to weeks to months. Right. The, the, that felt interesting to me to have that be part of your character's backstory. Yeah, the promotional spot itself, the Super Bowl ad, did not have that underlying uh, darkness to it. It but was I, there. It was there. But it was there. You're right. If you, if you, you know, if you thought about it for more than a second, you're right. It's there. And the character of Ant-Man, you know, the character that Paul Rudd plays in these Ant-Man films, he is a former thief. You know, mm-hmm. before he got the suit that let him be big or small. He was a thief, and listen, I'm not trying to say all thieves are drunks, but I'm sure there is some crossover there between people with a drinking problem and people who are professional thieves, mm-hmm. and so I think it would make sense that that the character of Ant-Man used to be a thief, he used to have a drinking problem, he's kicked being a thief, he's kicked drinking, and now he's drinking Heineken's first ever non-alcoholic beer on the Super Bowl. That that's it's a big step for everyone. It's a big step for Ant Man and for Heineken. So good. I on just them. feel like how long is that going to last, really? Well, I mean, listen. We also don't Before know. Before you say one he- one real Heineken's not going to hurt anybody. Right, right, right. Well, listen. Ant Man three is over. We don't know if we'll get an Ant Man four, but maybe if there is an Ant Man four. We'll then get crossover spots with Ant-Man and Heineken's, you know, alcoholic beer and then Mm -hmm. see where those ads go. See what happens. Yeah, he'd be like, I've given up. Right. I've given up. Ant-Man doesn't give an F anymore. Yeah. And he drinks a Heine live on the Super Bowl because they're doing live commercials at that point. And he says, I don't care if the Marvel movies are struggling. Right. Right. I want to kiss you. Yeah. That would be a huge, huge promotional crossover. Yes. For Ant-Man. If next year at the Super Bowl, Ant-Man tries to kiss Susie Colbert. Yeah, that would be, there would be, there's a lot going on there. So let's move on to Volkswagen touted their all new electric ID4 vehicle with an Ant-Man crossover. So that's big. so he's loaded up with non-alcoholic beer. Right. And he's going to drive the, He's just going to go out driving this electric car. Right. So hopefully it's in self-driving mode. Mhm. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched this this spot, but I feel like if you've got an electric car, you've probably got some version of a self-driving mode. So hopefully Ant-Man is making use of that if he's moved off of the Heine non-alcoholic beers at this point. So that's big. Volkswagen getting in the Ant-Man business, getting in the Marvel business. Lots of people drive Volkswagens. And if they're going to think of Ant-Man when they drive, maybe they'll drive this new electric car to the movie theater. Zip Recruiter, Clayton, it's not just for podcast ads anymore. It is also for Marvel crossover promotional spots on television. So... Centered around the PIM Foundation, Zip Recruiter helps Ant-Man recruit uh, high-level candidates to work at the PIM Foundation. You know, is 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 this the kind of spot that Marvel wants to be doing? You know, Zip Recruiter to me is so heavily centered around podcast advertising. This feels more like a step up for Zip Recruiter than it feels like a. Uh, uh, a step 
up for the Marvel franchise. Yeah, it feels like Ant-Man's doing a MeUndies commercial. He's mm-hmm. doing a MailChimp commercial. Right. He's doing Manscaped. Right, right. So it does feel like they are stooping very low. Yeah, Dollar Shave Club is, you know, is Ant-Man going to start start saying, you know, use your put spread pin particles on your face before you use the Dollar Shave Club. 1-800-Flowers. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't love this one. I, I would hope ZipRecruiter paid Marvel more than the other way around to make this happen. I don't love that Ant-Man got into the ZipRecruiter business. It's not a luxury premium brand. And also, Ant-Man is a felon, so it would be very difficult for him to find a job. Yeah, there's that too. There is there is that too. I mean, I feel like with these Ant-Man promotional spots, they're really ignoring a lot of mm-hmm. Ant-Man's past when they do these spots, but it's all in there for, for those who, who could read it. You know, it's there. He's a felon. He had a drinking problem. He wouldn't be allowed on the ZipRecruiter platform. I, I, listen, I've never used ZipRecruiter. I don't know, actually, if they don't let you use it if you are a registered felon. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, it's all bots. Right. Any of those job-finding sites, they're all just people looking to get your personal information. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, not a, not a, I don't know. I I think we both are in agreement. Ant-Man starting to do podcast level promotional partners is not where they should be heading. So tax act. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's a, I guess it's a service that helps you do your taxes, but it is not TurboTax. So Mm -hmm. TurboTax, to me, that's the gold standard of services that will do your taxes for you online because you don't consider doing your taxes to be that important, so you use TurboTax. But Tax Act, getting into it, and again, I don't love that if, if... Marvel was going to get into the tax filing promotional partnership business. Why didn't they go right for the luxury brand, which is TurboTax? Maybe TurboTax didn't want to be involved with uh, Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania because they knew that it was not uh, up to the quality of a movie that TurboTax would want to promote. Listen, that's a possibility here. Wow. Could we wait for a movie that's actually liked in a a quality Marvel film before we put our name on it. I mean, here's the thing, though. Uh, Again, you know, we've already said going to a Marvel movie feels like it's work or church. It also feels like doing your taxes. Right, right, right. I don't think that was the, and again, I haven't watched this spot, but I don't think that was the theme of the spot, you know, that going to see a Marvel movie is as rote but uh, but necessary, necessary as doing your taxes. So do both at the same time. Do your taxes with Tax Act and and see Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and get them both over with before April. Yeah. I, I don't think that was the theme of this Tax Act spot. But yeah, maybe TurboTax is just waiting until... They could do a promotional partnership for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes, that's the one that TurboTax should invest in. Yeah, yeah. So Tax Act got in because of the low Rotten Tomato score and the low expected audience scores for Ant-Man. And they were able to sneak in there and snag this spot. So those are some of the big ones. Are there any other... IHOP. You're forgetting IHOP. Now... Are you an IHOP guy, Clayton? No, no. Not an IHOP guy. I care about my my body. Okay. So you've never been an IHOP guy. You've never been someone who, you know, uh, well, you've never never lived on the road. You you are not road comic. No, no. Well, I mean, back in the day, if I were to go to a place like this, like an IHOP, Mm -hmm. it'd be a Denny's. Yeah. Back in the dark days of like college when i ate like garbage right right you know you go to a denny's right right but back when we had the bodies of adonis's and could just burn that off we could eat denny's 
five times a day if we wanted, and it would just fall right off. Yeah, if I go to IHOP now, I'd have to go straight to my doctor afterwards. Yes, yes, yeah, the, and that would be my a lipo doctor, who you have on call. Yeah, he's always he's always got the vacuum ready to go. He's always got the vacuum ready to go. The cold sculpting, it all it all happens right. immediately. Right, right, and and he's always awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's on a lot, a lot of pills. So, IHOP getting into business with with Ant Man. I like this spot. You know, listen, I get it. I get what you're saying. That if we were to go to IHOP, we'd immediately have to get a sucking machine put on our bellies. Mm-hmm. But IHOP and Ant Man feels like it makes sense. IHOP is the premium brand in the pancake restaurant business. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, it's the turbo tax of the of the waffle and pancake group. And it's family oriented, you know, or it has that perception of being family oriented. You know, you could see the family of six sitting around getting just, they're just stacking pancakes and everyone's, all the kids are just grabbing them with their hands and pouring syrup with their hands. And it's disgusting, but it's family oriented. So I like this partnership for Ant-Man. I like him getting in the IHOP business. Do, do well, you- also, I think not so much even families, but young males mm. is the is the driving force for these Marvel movies. And this is what young males eat. Yeah. They eat pancakes and hash browns and eggs and bacon and then a burger and then fries and then top it off with a uh, a sort of pancake dessert. Right, right, right. Right? I mean, something that has uh, chocolate syrup on it and whipped cream and chocolate chips and, and sprinkles or jimmies, whichever they prefer to, to call it. I don't know regionally what, where, where this person is at. Right, right. But that's the sort of person who could eat something like that. Right. And not have to immediately go to their lipo doctor. Right, right. And they're eating it at 3 o'clock four o'clock, sometimes five o'clock in the morning, because mm-hmm. this is after a long night of partying yeah. and getting into business and having Heineken old-fashioned, not Heineken, non-alcoholic. And then they're yeah. heading to the IHOP, and then they see a little paper placard on the table that reminds them, Ant-Man and Quantumania, do your duty this weekend, get it over with. Yeah, You know, and as they eat that stack of pancakes and the pancake stack goes down, they could then see the advertisement for Ant-Man and the group of guys says, oh, yeah, why don't we do this this weekend? Let's see if we could get some dates and see the Ant-Man movie. And then, of course, they each show up solo. Yeah, of course. Well, IHOP offered fans the chance to receive a movie ticket. Wow. So there was a, a, a some sort of movie ticket giveaway, which, listen, anything to get people in the theaters, honestly, at this yeah. point. And anything to get people eating pancakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, people might have gone to get pancakes to get that ticket. Right, right, right. There's definitely people who ate pancakes that they didn't plan on eating, didn't want to eat, definitely didn't need to eat. Yeah. But they ate those pancakes so that they could get a ticket, so that they could get it over with and see the new Marvel movie. They're just like, I gotta see Kang. Oh, I gotta stuff it in. Yeah. I gotta just eat the rest of these pancakes. Because you can't, you had to clean your plate. You yeah. don't get a ticket unless you clean your plate. Oh, no, the waitress is there watching you. She's dangling one ticket for Ant-Man, and she's saying, oh, that it wasn't enough pancake yet. You've got to eat, and then just plops another stack down. You've got and to then eat it's this like stack. You've- gotta you've gotta lick up all the chocolate sauce too yeah oh you left the chocolate chip she come on eat that chip she makes you open your mouth and just pour syrup into your gullet to get that one ticket for ant-man and it is one ticket you are going alone this is not you are not in the 11 percent that was there on a date you if you earned your ant-man ticket through drinking syrup poured by a waitress straight into your mouth that's one ticket and you better believe it's a non-PLF ticket. No. Well, let's talk about PLFs. Let's talk right. about how They're Ant back Man for did. other movies. Yeah. Well, oh, you're saying that that it's uh, no more Avatar Way of Water having every PLF. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that helped Ant-Man 3 as well. And of course, that was never going to uh, stand that that they had all of them when a movie like this comes out. No. I mean, listen, they're all owned by Disney. So in the end, it is Disney deciding who gets these IMAXs. And they spaced Ant-Man and Avatar Way of Water out far enough that Way of Water got him for months and months, and now Ant-Man got him. And boy, did it help. Ant-Man made $12.2 million domestic off of just IMAX auditoriums, and that accounted for 10% of the four-day take for Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp. Um, so oh, for Ant-Man and Quantumania. So this is double. Double part three of Ant Man did double the IMAX business in opening weekend that part two Ant Man and the Wasp did. So uh, yeah, I feel like IMAX is uh, PLFs and IMAX are coming into their own in a way now because of your Mavericks mm. and your Avatars, and I do think that that's the way people. I mean, we're gonna have a great example of this Creed three. Mm-hmm. which is opening in a few weeks, is a movie that was shot in IMAX, uh, for IMAX, and it's a boxing film. It's not a film you would think, oh, well, this de- half has to be an IMAX. Right. People are using this technology to make the best experience they can, and you can't get the IMAX equivalent anywhere else but in theaters, right? Yes, yes. So, and Anthony D'Alessandro... Mm-hmm. These for Disney says in this uh, one of his write-ups here that they gotta open more PLFs, yes, more premium screens, which is something we've been banging that drum forever. Yeah, because listen, Avatar was the number two movie in America mm-hmm. after ten weeks, and if it was, and if all those showings were on PLFs, people would go see them, right? right. Like, that's the thing is, like, there's got to be enough for every movie to maximize itself. Yes. Yes. Every movie that should be on IMAX. Obviously, you're not going to go see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on IMAX. But. Oh, that would look horrifying. But also, there should be an opportunity. Why not? Right. Yeah. At least one. At least one showing of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. You should be able to see Marlowe on IMAX. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, these are things you should be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Because there are psychos who would do that. Yes, yes, of and course. And when I say psycho, I mean go- I, I, that's a positive thing. Good, hardworking fans of theatrical movie business. Yes. A.K.A. also psychos, but good also psychos. Also psychos, but it's great. Good psychos. Yeah, There's I good mean. psychos, too, on both that, sides. Listen. They need to build more PLFs, more IMAXs. Something like Quantumania probably would have added millions more in its opening weekend if there were IMAXs available in every town in America, which mm-hmm. there should be. You should yes. not have to drive more than you know 15 minutes to be able to find an IMAX near you. And I am yeah. sure there are parts of the country that are IMAX deserts that... You're talking, you're crossing state lines, hours and hours. You need to have money to stay at a hotel to be able to go see an IMAX. And that is horrible. And in 2023, that should not be how we live in this country. Absolutely. Listen, I'd say everybody should have clean water, right, in this country. We're America. Everybody should have clean water. Everybody, yes. But it's not going to happen. But what could happen is an IMAX. Everyone should have a, yeah. Everyone should have access because I'm to a realist. I'm a realist, yeah. but yeah, I'm yeah. also listen. I want everybody to have clean water. Yes, yes. That, that, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I don't want everybody to have clean water, and I think everybody should have clean water. And yes. I'm saying that yes. definitively. Yes, Christopher, wannabeo intern. If you want to quote me on that, if you want this to be the uh, pull quote, yeah, from this episode, I'm saying that. Everybody should have clean water. But what I'm also saying is that the possibilities of that are lower than getting an IMAX. Because an IMAX is, hey, let's go build this and then we're out. Right, right, right. There's less maintenance, you're saying, on building an IMAX than there is on a clean water Making sure everybody in America has clean water. Well, here's the thing. Matt Damon should be 
working on both because Matt Damon Mm -hmm. has been doing lots of great work for years now through his charities, getting clean water to places that don't have clean water, which is we applaud him for that. Absolutely. We also applaud Matt Damon for his box office over the years. The Martian, The Departed, many, many films, all of the Bourne movies. He should also be making sure that places around the country have access to clean IMAXs. Because he's already visiting. He's already there. And he sees the lack of IMAX as well as the lack of clean water. He's got the charitable infrastructure. He knows how to bring in the donations. So do both, Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. Get us clean water. Because as we both say, that is everyone should have clean water and everyone should have access to IMAXs so they could see Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumadia on IMAX. Because it's clear people want to. You know, the, the, the hunger, and they hunger, they hunger for IMAXs, they thirst for IMAXs. It's grown because this movie made twice as much in IMAX as the second film in the series. Mm-hmm. IMAXs are more known to general audiences, I think partly because of, like you said, Maverick, Avatar, Way of Water, but also partly because of the B.O. Boys. We've been, you know, since this show started, IMAXs have been a big topic on this show, and I think that has made more people aware of the existence of IMAX and premium screens. You oh, yeah, PLFs more. in general. Did you ever hear anybody say PLF in a normal conversation before us? I've been no. hearing people throwing PLF out all the time now on the street. Right, right. And it's because the BO boys talk about it, and we are broadcast worldwide. Every, mm-hmm. listen, every town in America, every town in the world has access to the BO boys. Yeah. You yep. know, you could be listening to the BO boys on a on a farm in the stacks. You could be listening to uh, the BO boys in the Amazon. You could be listening on the North Pole. You have access mm-hmm. to the BO boys, and they are. We we have the stats. They're listening. They're and accessing it. Hello. Thank you for listening. Hello. But some of those places hear the BO boys talking about IMAXs, yet they cannot experience an IMAX themselves. And that mm-hmm. is sad. And let's get on that movie industry. Let's get on that Matt Damon. Let's fix this situation. But Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania did great on the IMAXs. So good for them. Good for them. Uh, IMAX opening was the third best ever for the President's Weekend Holiday behind what Black Panther did on this weekend and what the original Deadpool did at IMAXs. My God, they got to get this Deadpool 3 out there because you forget sometimes what a monster at the box office the Deadpool movies are. Oh, and this one has Wolverine. I I, I cannot wait. You know, neither of us, Clayton, we're, we've both become more iffy on the, uh, the comic books. Obviously, you're not as big into the comic book movies as you were coming out of Endgame in 2019. When, oh, when you go. famously touted it as a great film and, you know, you spent an hour podcast just talking about how much you love this film. You've you've become less of a comic book movie guy since that famous day that was recorded. But you are also someone who uh, I would bet you are looking forward to Deadpool 3. Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to the box office of Deadpool 3. Okay. I will not see that film. Okay. Okay. You have I mean, seen the previous two films in the theater. I did, obviously. Yes, I did see those. I think yeah. I saw them both with you, yeah. possibly. Possibly. Very possibly. I'm not a big Ryan Reynolds guy. Uh, you know, I got burned by Mint Mobile. Uh, something we'll talk about. Uh, we won't okay. need to talk about because litigation is still pending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just, I'm a little bit over. I just, you know, I'm just a little bit over all of it, you know? Uh, so I applaud that it's being made. I applaud that it's going to be R mm-hmm. because that would have been atrocious for that film. Right. And I'm wanting it to have Bafa Bobo because, listen, it's going to bring people into theaters, which is what we need. Okay. Okay, so but but you are still on board with Deadpool dancing memes on meme accounts such as that of Tony Zarrett. Of course, I mean the way he uses yeah Deadpool dancing, 
is just uh, art. Yes, it is. And I am for art. Yes. So, so of course, we're all awaiting Deadpool 3. And in the meantime, check out Tony Zaret's Instagram uh, account yes. for great memes now, involving Deadpool. So, w- where do you want to move on to as we sort of wrap up here and wrap up our Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantumania talk? Well, I think I'm 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 done with Quantum Mania at the moment. Okay. I do think we, we right now I'm seeing de- deadline is saying 118 for four day here. But okay, that is the Great. Sunday right through. Right. So let's see if we. I'm refreshing to see if we have a Monday. I don't think we update. have one. I mean, one last thing on Quantum Mania is it did despite the B Cinema score, which is low. It did hold up pretty well through the weekend. This is not one of those movies that had a giant Thursday night and Friday and then a big drop into Saturday and a big drop Sunday. The audience was steady all weekend. So for the opening weekend, the poor reception has not really affected people going to the theater. You know, we'll talk on our preview episode whether we think this will fall off a cliff in the second weekend, but it didn't fall off a cliff from Friday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday. So let's just wrap everything up with a uh, the reason why we're editing ourselves. Right. Puss in Boots, Last Wish, mm. which in the four-day, if you're doing the four-day rankings, which is what Deadline does, it actually came in number three. Okay. So in four-day, in the four-day, it's beating Magic Mike. Right. But those four days are still more estimated than the three days. Yes. So supposedly the four day of Puss in Boots is going to be six point nine million dollars. Okay. So it'll be sitting at around one sixty seven point seven, right? Right, right. And we were texting about this because initially, initially over the weekend, this was going to be the number two movie in America, right? And it was going to be down only. Oh, it's going to be. Up, 50%. it was going to be up. I mean, it, where it ended up was minus six percent, and that is incredible. Which is still incredible, incredible after nine weeks. Yeah. And you said uh, on your text, yes, the drum you've been beating is that For greatest months, showman. Yeah, yeah, greatest showman run. Mm-hmm. And I am so nearly going to agree with you here, because it is so close to beating. That the number that film came in at, which was right. 175 domestic. Right. It has beaten Sing 2. Yes. A yes. movie that a lot of pundits thought this had no shot. No. After that opening. Close to. After the Puss in Boots opening weekend of December, listen, we immediately said, wait for the legs. This movie's going to have legs. But yes. most pundits were saying, Puss in Boots will not even sniff Sing 2's numbers. And it is now, like you said, it has beaten Sing 2. Pat, there were people who were saying that the opening of Puss in Boots put into question Mm. whether they should make another Shrek movie. People were saying that. That was things that actual people put out into the universe. Right, right, right. And they are right now, those people are desperately trying to erase the files, erase the evidence that they said such a thing. I mean, listen, there were people who, after the low opening of Puss in Boots in December, were saying, is theatrical over for kids' movies? Yeah, yep, yeah. And now here we are, Puss in Boots went on this greatest showman run. It is going to pass the greatest showman in the next week or two. That is going to happen. Clayton, yeah. it is. It will happen, and the legs on this puss have been incredible. Uh, I it's hope still, this is. I hope this is not the last wish for this puss. Oh, you know? it can't be. It won't be. At this point, you got to give him another wish. Yeah. At least just one more wish. Yeah, I mean, I've got one last wish, and it's more puss. Get a sequel Absolutely. to this film out in theaters in the next couple of years. That's my last. I think wish. we all wish for more puss. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing about this film, too. Checked out the PVOD prices. Okay. Still to buy, still $29.99. Wow. And to rent, still $24.99. They know people are paying for this. So this movie is doing Baffa Bobo in the theater and doing Baffa PVOD. Wow. And you know, that's the thing about this, is that when the puss does go on the cock, 
Yes. When it and we're all anticipating it. Peacock. Yes. We're all anticipating this. It's going to be massive. Right. It's right. going to be massive. Right. 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 Because right now, people, when it comes to the puss, people are ODing on the P and the V. You mm-hmm. know, puss is doing great PVOD numbers. So puss, you know, that action with the P and the V is doing great for the puss. Mm-hmm. And hold off some more on the cock. We were on the cock this weekend, Clayton. You know, mm-hmm. we were we we were watching a live streaming event only available on Peacock. So we were on the cock and we did not see the puss and we were happy about that. We were happy yes. to be on the cock and not have the puss with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the rare times that happy to not see a puss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's doing so great in theaters. We love seeing it. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is just a masterclass. And I do think we, you know, we're going to divvy up the millions on this film. We have to. Yeah, after it passes The Greatest Showman. And I was going to say, I think that's when we do it, is after it passes The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Absolutely. So so stay tuned for that. Um, And then, uh, listen, Magic Mike was the number one movie last weekend. Only dropped 33%. That's a great mic drop. Obviously, it added 1,500 theaters. It's now at 3,000 theaters in its second weekend after opening in 1,500 theaters. Clayton, we got to do this quickly. I'll let you rant on this or or do a mini rant. Uh, it's not even a mini rant. It's just a, a statement. statement is that this is the number of theaters it should have opened at, yeah. period. It's yes. dumb that they didn't do this. That number, that opening number would have been so much bigger. Yeah. And then drop it down to 15 this weekend if you think that the demand isn't there. Yeah. And then you would have a better second weekend. Yeah. You know, it's like, why Why is my question. Yeah, I don't get the weird expansion with a movie like this. This is not some, some tiny, tiny indie movie that you're expanding from 30 theaters to 500 to it. It's just, it's Magic Mike. Get all your money opening weekend, put it in 3,000 theaters, and then put it out for two or three weekends and put it on HBO. It's, it's, it's a weird strategy here. But that said, it, it had a good it had a good drop even with the more theaters because that meant people still had to go see it. And they yeah. still wanted to see it. And this movie's now up to 18 million total. It'll get in the 20s and it'll be a mega hit on HBO. So good for Magic yeah. Mike. Um, all right. I think that's it. We could get to Avatar on the weekend preview episode. We'll talk about where it stands in the all-time list because it's moving up. Well, it just be Titanic, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. So, I mean, Clayton, the switchboard is lighting up now that we've started talking about Quantumania. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for Mm. this episode. You know, we got the next show trying to get into the studio here, you know, yeah. they, they, they are, they desperately want to start playing the hits of the eighties and nineties and we got to let them. So yeah. they already pulling out the, the, the cassette carts. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can't stop that. Once that momentum on the cassette carts goes, we can't stand in their way. So we got to let the zoo Z morning zoo team in the studio, but for everyone who's on the switchboard, all the wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your quantum media thoughts via email, and we will get to them then. So you could hop off the switchboard now, unless you want to make a request for the hits of the 80s and 90s. Otherwise, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, subscribe to us on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. We are now YouTubers, so join us there if you haven't already. And, of course, follow us on social medias. The B.O. Boys uh, is our – the B.O. Boys pod is our social media handle. Want to B.O. intern Christopher doing amazing work there with the clips and the memes and all sorts of stuff. So follow us there. And subscribe if you haven't already on your podcast platform and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Write whatever you want in the comments. Subscribe, give us five stars. We will be reading uh, uh, Apple Podcast reviews very soon on this show. Obviously, mm-hmm. we just could not fit it in with the Quantum Mania show, and we had Marlo to talk about. So we will yeah. get to that very soon. So leave us a five star review, write something there, and we'll read it. 
And uh, of course, I think that's it, right, Clayton? There's nothing else that we talk about before the end of an episode. Well, Pat, you also have another podcast. I do have another podcast. So everyone follow me over to the Show Me the Money on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is a show that I host with comedy box office star Nick Turner. We are talking the road to the Academy Awards and how to gamble on them. And the BAFTA Awards just happened. So we'll be talking about how our bets went for the BAFTA Awards, for the DGAs. The SAG Awards are coming up this weekend. So we'll be telling you how to gamble your money on the upcoming Screen Actors Guild Awards. So listen to the Show Me the Money on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Gambling problem? Call one eight seven seven eight hope and why That's one eight seven seven eight hope and why 467-369. Or don't. Or don't. Do it or don't. You know, it's up to you. Or don't, yeah. Or just all drink right. some Heineken non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. We all know where that leads anyway. Yeah. So, Pat, I think we did it. Oh, uh, we've done it. I think there's nothing left to say. Definitely not. Except for... We'll smell you at the bar.